What up, what up, what up? This is Basketball Guru D. I'm joined by Brandon Rivar and Jerry Ramsey, and this is the Thunder Insiders Show post-draft reactions. Great music choice. Yeah, great music choice. This was for Jerry, but he wasn't in his chair, so I'm going to let it play a little bit longer. Don't you love Michael Jackson? I think Michael Jackson's fantastic. I think that uh, Off the Wall is uh, right up there with uh, with Thriller. But you can't, you know, you really can't say that Off the Wall, Thriller, is actually better. Or any, like you can't say any more. Dangerous, bad. Dangerous is great too. This is gross. Can you guys like? I sound like an echo, don't I? Yeah, yeah. You sound terrible. You sound Let's like. Let's see this here. All right. Yeah, that's way better. There you go. We'll do this one right here. All right, there we go. Do you hear the bass? I, I actually, Daniel, we don't need you today because I got the bass <laughs> in the voice. Yeah, listen to that. Is it? Were you? Were you yelling all night? I was. Uh, I had a great time last night. I was at the Tower Theater. Uh, a. Uh, were you doing a like leading a Barry White cover band? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It was a, uh, a cover band. Uh, they did a Yacht Rock review, and you know me. I love my Yacht Rock. Uh, I do the show on 92.5 KOMA on Sunday morning. It's landlocked. Okay? And it was three hours of just like-minded people that loved, like, Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, Toto, <laughs> stuff like that. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Did I did I sing a lot? Yes. Did I have a couple of beverages? Sure. <laughs> Why not? So, uh, yeah. I, and, and now you hear what it does. And I actually think that people prefer this voice compared to my whiny little whatever I usually do. I kind of like that. <laughs> so, like the voice. Hey, let's do this real quick, all right? Hey, this is uh, TV's Jerry from Black Sports Online. Okay. Now you try it, Daniel. <laughs> okay. This is Daniel Bell from Black Sports Online. I'm almost there. Actually, say BSO. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. All right. Uh, this is the post draft uh, Saturday Thunder Insider Show. Guys, first and foremost, I need to tell our listeners and uh, you need to tell our followers this might be one of the last Thunder Insider shows. For, for now. No, 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 no. no. Ever? No. Yeah. I think it's time to retire the Thunder Insider Show. Oh. Here's I, why. I see where you're going. Here's why. Okay. Nobody, and I don't care who you are, nobody had any idea what Sam Presti was going to do on Thursday. No one did. No. Brandon, you follow this as close as anybody does. Daniel, you do a hell of a job. I only oh, I don't follow as close as Brandon. <laughs> I just do a hell of a job. It was a comma into, and then I was going to. I don't associate myself unless they're you know as good as or better than me. So you guys are as good as me. <laughs> Probably both better. Uh Neither one of y'all had a clue, did you? Whatever got to 11 and 12 and all that junk. I mean, I didn't have a clue that they were going to trade up and get two picks back-to-back 11 and 12. Uh, you know, I wasn't surprised that they picked Usman Zhang. I wasn't surprised even that they took Jalen Williams. He was flying up draft boards, and, and he fits the Thunder you know, mold. But I was shocked that they traded back up and got back-to-back picks and three in the top 12. Yeah. That, that was a shock. Yeah, for sure. All right. What was the most shocking thing about uh, Thursday night with the first three picks with you, Dan? It, probably Jalen Williams was a little shocking because... And you need to refer to him as Jalen Williams West. Dark Jalen Williams. <laughs> Santa Clara. SC. Jalen Williams yeah. SC. No, I like mine better. 
<laughs> so I was a little surprised with dark Jalen Williams, darker Jalen Williams. Um, this is an audio medium. People may not be in on the joke as they would if you're right in front of you. Well, I'm putting the uh, thing on Twitch, or Twitch, so gotcha. All right, they'll be able to see. But yeah, I was a little surprised with him because he was slotted or mocked a little lower than than uh, the Thunder drafted him in almost, I mean, pretty much every single mock drive. So I mean. That one was a little bit shocked. I wasn't really shocked by Usman and wasn't shocked by uh, Chet. Chet. Yeah, so. yeah. Chet, Chet, I think, was the one that, even, that we all saw coming. Even though I still say, I don't have to say I was wrong because the <laughs> Thunder would have taken Paolo if the Magic wouldn't have no. taken, taken him first. Yes, it yes, was Chet. Not. It that was Chet nope, all the way. Nope, nope, nope. What they is it, Paolo? And uh, what what is oh my gosh in one division it was Agatha all along oh yeah, yeah. it was that yeah it was, so, it was Chet all along it was Chet all along it was Daniel, it was Chet yeah, all, it wasn't, all along it wasn't can't, so can't convince me there's nothing they can say that can convince me well, I mean we have to go to an alternative universe and make this happen I mean <laughs> it's been done uh, but like I said no more Thunder insiders no more we're the Thunder outsiders because nobody's an insider no one's an insider I don't care <laughs> I don't care who you think is an in no one Michael Cage didn't know. <laughs> Joe Masato is probably the closest. Maybe. And we'll have him on at 11.30. We'll ask him. I bet you anything, he was surprised, too. I don't think Sam Presti's wife knew. <laughs> like, I, I, there's no such thing. Uh, As a Thunder Insider. Yeah, yeah. nobody knows. So, yeah, we'll probably rebrand and do some Thunder Outsider stuff. But that's exactly what's going on. Uh, all right, Chet. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, in the days following the Chet Holmgren pick at number two from Gonzaga, um... He's already, I, listen, I already think that he's going to put a target on himself because he seems to have, and, and what, what do the kids call it, Daniel? Swagger? Swag. I believe uh, my man has a ton of swag. He has more swag on his body than he does body fat. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, you know what, Daniel, I'll start with you. I mean, just the dice, the watch, the I fit. The, the outfit. Yeah. The attitude. The, the velvet. Outfit, what is that? Velvet? velvet? Yes, I I loved yeah. it. I loved the dice. Yeah, I love I love his attitude when uh, uh, he was asked who's the best player in the NBA, and he said me in a couple months. That's the type of guy I want on my team. Somebody that thinks they're the best player on the floor all the time. Doesn't care who's on the floor. And I I'm not a Thunder fan, but. If I was a Thunder fan, I would be ecstatic that I have a guy with that attitude. Well, it's what you want, especially from a number two overall pick. You want somebody who who feels like they're the best player in the game. And you know, he was he's he's given a lot of good questions. I, I love the one that's saying he was going to be the best player in the league in two months, but he also said he's going to be a fifty forty ninety guy. Like he does not lack for confidence, and and it's funny because I think that's the one thing that people are holding against him is his skinny frame. So they kind of think he's fragile, and you just kind of maybe think he's going to play with this finesse or whatever. But he plays with an attitude as well, despite being one ninety five pounds and seven foot one. Would you guys both agree though that it was it was polarizing? Polarizing, I say fifty fifty. Polarizing the uh, just how people thought about Chet whenever you know, he was picked. I mean, that, that, whenever, you know, we, we were there at Twin Peaks North, uh, great time. Thanks to all those guys for coming out. Appreciate all the stuff you did there. But it was, there were some mm, groans, and then there were some, yay. Yeah, I think especially since Paolo was taken first, and I think that when Jabari Smith Jr. was there for the taking, some Thunder fans, you know, that was the guy that they wanted. 
It was, you know, so I do think it was polarized, and I think it's been more positive than negative for sure. Uh, but but I think it really just goes back to the skinny frame. I think if he was 20 pounds heavier, you just see him, and you're like, oh, this guy doesn't look like he's going to, you know, hold up in the NBA. I, I don't think that's true. Again, he doesn't play like that. He's going to put on weight. He, he said, you know, people don't think I, I eat food or lift weights. I do those things. He's going to put on weight. I think he's going to be a great pick. But I, I do think, you know, there were, there were some people that were looking forward to either uh, Jabari Smith Jr. or Paolo Bancaro. I think it's because a couple reasons. One, he's an American white guy. Or three reasons. He's an American white guy. He's tall and lanky. Doesn't have any meat on his bones. And three, people don't watch college basketball. Yeah. Because a lot of the reactions were, were or before the draft, were not reactions, but a lot of things that were said about him was, this is just Poku. Right. And I don't know how you can watch a Thunder game and watch a Gonzaga game that featured Chet and came out with the conclusion that this was Poku. I don't even know how you can watch the highlights and come out with the conclusion that this was Poku. Like, no. Like, at, I was, at the very least, he, I think he's going to be Chris Sapp's Porzingis before the injuries. Who's a, and he's a little bit more mobile and agile and has a little bit more agility than, than Chris Sapp's. But I think at the very least, that's who he can be. At the very best, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So This might be one of the first prospects that Oklahoma City's had that a lot of people focus on what could go wrong before they start to focus on. Because think about it. Every single prospect that the Oklahoma City Thunder have had for years now the upside is immediately tied, not just by you, Brandon, because you're Mr. Upside, uh, <laughs> but, or Mr. Brightside, whatever the killer said, all right? But right away, the negative is weighed at, at every, the criticism is there every single, every single time you talk about him. How long is that going to take? Is it going to take five games? Is it going to take 10 games? Is he going to have to have a stretch in February? Like, I wasn't sold on Giddy until uh, SGA went out. And then I, you know, I sort of give that Chuck Norris sort of like thumbs up, like, okay, <laughs> that's all right. So I, how long is it going to take, you think, for Chet in the NBA? Brandon, I'll go with you first. Uh, is he going to prove that, man, it, it's going to be fine? Summer League. He's going to, I mean, we're talking like two weeks from now. I'm serious. I, he's going to go to Summer League. He's going to dominate because he's going to be pl- better than, than most of those players, if not all of those players. There's a reason why he was the number two pick, and, and a lot of analysts thought he should have been the number one pick. He's got pedigree, like, for three years running now, he was kind of destined to be the number one guy in this draft class. Uh, Paolo Bancaro got into the conversation. Jabari Smith Jr. got into the conversation. Um, but if you look past his frame and just look at the skill, look at the way he plays, look at the way he dominates, look at his stats, look at his numbers, and it's both sides of the ball. It's offense, it's defense. He shoots 40% from three. He blocks four shots a game. And I think Summer League... For for you know, there are a lot a lot of Thunder fans who are really excited. I think it's the majority of Thunder fans, but for those who doubt, like the uh, the loud minority who who doubt him because of his frame, I think that you know one summer game in and they're going to see him against NBA competition. They're like, oh, this this guy's legit. He's for real. I think he's that good. Yeah, it, I'm saying it could be summer league. I'm not going to be as definitive as Brandon, but I think it could be summer league. Like it's all it's going to take is. A dunk on somebody or a great a couple great blocks, one game of getting what twenty five and yeah twenty ten and like twenty like I think a twenty ten summer league game because they'll probably have limit uh, they'll have uh, you know restrictions on him. So if he doesn't do that, I don't know if he's going to dominate in summer league. But if he doesn't do that, I think it's going to take a couple games before the fans really get to love him. Guys, the ghost of a former uh, Thunder insider 
chimes in, and this is a hell of a question because he he's been there. He understands this with the Thunder organization. Bernie Trantham asks, but is he a person first? Is he a, <laughs> that's, that's a good question, is, Brady. Is he is he a good per, is he a good he's a good basketball right? He's a good basketball yeah. player. Brandon Daniel. Is he a better person? <laughs> That's a great question. But what Brady's referring to is Sam Presti has said a few times now that they draft people before <laughs> they draft players. Uh, but it's true. If you look at this draft class, uh, like we've talked about Chet and his kind of like his swag and his confidence and, and things like that. And he wanted to go to OKC. Like there's been reports out now by, by Sports Illustrated and, and a few others have, have kind of chimed in as well. That looks like he, he bailed early on his Orlando workout because he wanted to go to OKC, which is incredible because Orlando had the number one pick and his high school teammate and best friend. Pl- uh, they both played at Gonzaga, uh, Jalen Suggs. And he still wanted to go to OKC, so I think that that helped. But if you look at this draft class, Jalen Williams, both of them, uh, two of the best like personalities, characters, interviews in this draft class. Like if you watch, if you watch that video of Jalen Williams the the second uh, <laughs> finding out he got drafted, it, it'll get you you know kind of right in the feels. And then Jalen Williams the first uh, <laughs> from from Santa Clara, like when they were doing all the. Uh, the pre-draft interviews with the rookies, and I had no idea the Thunder were going to draft him, I, I was most impressed by his interview. I mean, he sounds like a coach right now. So I do think the Thunder look into those things that, that Brady's alluding to for sure. I don't even care. Can you hoop? <laughs> oh, no, 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 I know. But, that's, that's, but no, I think the but Thunder... We're talking about the Thunder, the Thunder organization, not you. Yeah, I'm saying I don't care if he's a, a good person. I know. Your favorite team is the longest yard guys that got off the bus. I know I know, I know how you are. That's Just, fine. Can you, can you hoop? That's all I care about. <laughs> as long as you're not brought, like doing some... some uh, Aaron Hernandez type stuff. Then, then I don't care. Uh, you heard Daniel first. He doesn't care about Deshaun Watson. What he does? Okay, not, that's Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> you said type Aaron stuff. Hernandez. I, you, I mean, you that's... know what I meant. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> don't associate me with him. Daniel Bell. I'll uh, be getting a massage in the uh, break. Brandon Rabar <laughs> will not be. He's going to tell you in any how of that. great these people are. Uh, I am TV's Jerry. I'm just going to start mess. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit about the Summer League, get into what some other teams, I don't know, like the Pistons, <laughs> what they did, all kind of great stuff. You're listening to the Thunder Insiders, parentheses Outsiders, show on 1077 The Franchise. I just thought about this. By the way, welcome to the Thunder Insiders show. It's Dan Bell, back behind the glass. Brandon Rabar. Working the Twitter, Gerald Ramsey. It doesn't bother. Like it doesn't. Bo- I don't like Jerry. I never did like Jerry. You know what my dad's name is? What is it? Jerry, because he had no imagination. What you're a <laughs> junior? A no, I'm not, and it gets weird. Wait, how can you not be a junior if your dad's yeah, no, name is Jerry? Right, it gets weird. Okay. Okay. Call Doctor Phil. Here we go. Okay. I can make this very concise. Your dad wanted to be starting something. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Give that a second. Okay. So he split up with my mom uh, whenever I was like two, right? Okay. My mom gets remarried. Okay. And my man Ramsey, who my mom married, adopted me. Uh, so my name is Jerry Ramsey. Wait, wait. So your your biological dad is Jerry? Yes, Jerry Anders Jr. That is what I came into this world. Really? When is it? Early Jerry and then you're Anders. Like, Jerry and then your biological Anders took off. So you're like, I'm not going to be a junior no, to this dude. I, trust me. If you met my mom, I understand why my biological took off. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> should be the first to tell you. Anyway, so Ramsey came in and whatever, gotcha. right? So okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah. My dad. Anyway, my dad's name is Jerry, and it's like I'm. I'm always been pissed. I'm. I'm like a Preston. You know, like you I'm you're a, a Preston. Yeah, you're definitely not a. I'm no, like, I'm you're like not a Preston. Preston. Brandon is more of a Preston. Like if anybody <laughs> was a Preston, it would be Brandon. <laughs> But I, I should ha- I should have like yeah it, it should be like a little just more sophisticated than Jerry Jerry's so like Jerry's such an everyday guy right like Jerry drinks Miller Light yeah I mean I mean I automatically go to like Jerry Seinfeld or Tom and Jerry so See, I'm kind of like all over the place Jerry with Stackhouse Jerry. no <laughs> he's not Jerry Stackhouse <laughs> oh trust he's, me he's much closer to Seinfeld or Tom and Jerry Jerry <laughs> than he is to Stackhouse well, as tall as Jerry uh, yeah <laughs> like Tom, Tom and Jerry, Jerry yeah. <laughs> So, all right, uh, the uh, the Thunder, obviously, they picked 2, 11, 12. We got a little bit into it. We'll get more into it. Joe Masato uh, from the Oklahoman joins us at 1130. We'll talk about, he was boots on the ground. He yeah. was in Brooklyn. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about all kind of stuff, like the reaction and, and with the Thunder again. Plus, uh, we'll get into what Joe ate at his media meal. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, I sent him a picture of uh, what you ate. <laughs> was he a little upset? He had thoughts. <laughs> he had thoughts so we'll he'll share those with us uh whenever he gets on but uh aside from the oklahoma city thunder i orlando gets the number one pick orlando gets absolutely who you thought was going to be the number one pick daniel and paolo but i did i don't feel like they won much of anything i'll start with you daniel but i mean getting the number one pick i i'm not saying they whiffed but man i, I really don't feel like they won I hate it for Paolo because it's the magic. Like, I wish he would have gone to the Rockets. But, I mean, they got a great player. Like like I said on Thursday, this was 1A. To me, it was 1A, 1B, 1C in whatever order you wanted. So, I mean, Paolo is the most NBA ready. He's the most skilled. So, if they want to try to start winning games, then, I mean, that's the guy that can help them win immediately while the other two are seen as projects but like I said it's the magic I hate that he went there I don't know I think the magic have the building blocks of a, a good young team going I mean, forward between talent yeah just, and he's in a good situation next to Wendell Carter Jr. I think I think that's yeah, a good pairing for him boogies. I didn't even think about that. That's true. <laughs> you say that they have a block here. I want to actually put your feet to the fire just a little bit on yeah. that. They sound like they do have a bunch of blocks. I don't see where they're cohesive. I don't know. I mean their defense was really good, uh, especially to end the year. They they don't have much in the way of scoring or three point shooting, but I think that they view Paolo as you know being one of those guys that's going to really really help them there. I mean they've got Jalen Suggs. He should be better than he was last year. I still think he's going to be a pretty solid player. He had injuries. Uh, he didn't really get consistent minutes because of those injuries. But between Ben Caro, Wendell Carter Jr., Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner uh, was great. Uh, Jonathan Isaac should be coming back this season. He was really, really nice. They've got Cole Anthony, which, ah, whatever. But they've got some some young players. They should be better. I think they're going to be a solid team. Uh, now, I, I personally thought Ben Carroll was, was the third best prospect of the three. I had it Chet, then Jabari, then Paolo. Uh, so I think that Chet falling into the Thunder's laps was, was perfect. I, I still don't understand why Orlando put out all those 
smoke screens that it was going to be Jabari Smith Jr. I don't know what what they attained. Because what, the what they Thunder gained. were going to draft Paolo. No, I'm, t- I'm telling you. I'm they telling were not. You, they were. I, we'll, we'll talk to Joe Masato about that and at I actually, Listen, I actually think, too, they were trying to squeeze out Houston. I think That's they were the trying, only thing I can yeah, figure. Because you look, already Houston was making moves with Christian Wood, right? Since they moved him on and did what they were doing. I think they were really trying to squeeze out. And, and forbid, maybe even Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you've got the number one pick. There's really no reason, unless you're trying to squeeze assets out of somebody. Yep. And OKC wasn't going to be that team. OKC wasn't going to, you know. And think of the worst case scenario for Orlando. And here's the thing with Orlando. Like, obviously, with the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, it was a big three. It was, you know, one of those three, and you still have something very smooth. Once the Thunder had to pick Jaden Ivey at four, which was my fourth top prospect, then things get weird. Orlando could have, if they got a good enough package from Sacramento, taken Ivy at four, still got their dude, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Plus the assets from whatever. So I think you're asking about the smoke screens. That's why I think they were doing that. Yeah, it's just, I think ultimately each team, you know, they were 1A, 1B, 1C, if you look at it. Really, all three teams kind of got the number one pick. Like, I think that the Thunder, I think the Thunder felt like they got their number one guy. Orlando obviously feels like they got the number one guy. And whether Houston, you know, had Paolo or Jabari or Chet as the number one, you know, getting Jabari, who is, you know, projected to go number one the entire time and he fell to three, they all got a number one pick, really. All right. So um, now <clears throat> I want to thank the Sacramento Kings organization. Thank you very much. I really, really super appreciate uh, all the due diligence that you guys did into the draft. I think Keegan Murray is going to be your player. Uh, but. What you did, Sacramento, is you dropped Jaden Ivey. Now, listen, I know I'm a Piston fan. I know I'm unbearable when it comes to this stuff. But tell me I'm wrong thinking that they may have drafted the rookie of the year. I mean, I think it could be any of those four. I mean, and honestly, there could be a surprise. It could be Benedict Matherin. Um, it Indiana? Be, Probably not. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think that really you can make an argument for, for any of the top four. They were considered, you know, a tier above. You know, we always talk about the big three with this draft, but Jaden Ivey was right there as well, and some people had him in that same tier with the big three. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those four guys won rookie year. But, yeah, Detroit getting Ivy at number five. Look, if that was the th- – this is all I know. If the Thunder were in the Kings spot and were picking at number four and Jaden Ivey made it clear that he didn't want to go to the Thunder – Sam Presley would have got an asset out of it. Yeah. Like, like he would not have let Jaden Ivey go to the Pistons and they just let him fall in the lap. He would have made some sort of trade with the Pistons or he would have just taken Ivey. I'm like, okay, we'll just figure it out. But he wouldn't have taken the lesser guy on his board without getting an asset back for it like the Kings did. I don't know. I mean, rookie of the year is about opportunity to put up the best numbers. I don't know if that's Jaden Ivey. <laughs> because, I mean, he's... Has uh, Cade, he yep. has Sadiq Bay, he might have Aiton, sure, he has Isaiah Stewart. Like, I mean, there, there's guys in front of him that are gonna the, in the pecking order. The, the reason I say this, and let me qualify what I say Cade isn't in You're front of him. No, Cade no. isn't in front of him. Cade is the superstar of that team, but he's a facilitate first guy. Still in front of him. He's the first, he's the but, first option. But you follow what I'm saying. Yeah, he, but he's, 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 he's going to have the ball more. Is what yes, I'm, I'm, and he will facilitate, and I think that's where the opportunity is. Maybe. If it's another player, another team, that the guy needs the ball to put up his numbers, I could see people saying that. That's why I don't think it, that it's going to be Paolo. I really don't. I, I don't think it's going to be Chet. 
because Shea's going to have the ball a ton, right? It probably won't be Jabari because yeah, Jalen Green Jaylen and, 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 and the their guys. Yes, so that's why I think Ivy is a like just a it's a it's a no brainer for me uh, well, because if you want to go because that they're because they're number one guy is a facilitator. If you want to go that route, the Thunder's top two guys are kind of facilitators. And, I mean, uh, yeah, Shea is uh, a scorer, but he defers a lot, especially in the first quarter. So, <laughs> I mean, well, especially if he has. More talent yeah, around yeah, so, him. So, so, I mean, you look at it that way, then it could be Chet. It, I, it I don't have a problem with you saying that. I really don't. It could, it could definitely be Ben Matherman. He's going to have a lot of opportunity. Yeah, he will. In Indiana. So, I mean, it could be uh, uh, somebody else that we don't even, we're not even thinking of. So, it could be Jalen Williams for all yeah. we know. Yeah. So, well, the no. first. Jalen Williams yeah, first. Jalen Williams the first. Uh, well, no, because the only guy he can cross up is on his team now. So, oh, talking about that <laughs> clip of him. Oh my and gosh, Chad. did you see the the clip? Yeah, no, uh, look that clip. Yeah, that clip is, has kind of gone semi-viral uh, because they're teammates now. But I thought that Chet actually tried to recover well. Like you know, like he it's was hard to recover off your ass, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was oh no no that one. Yeah yeah that one. He got he got really crossed. There was one where he hit a three pointer though okay. too, right. and he like kind of closed out pretty well. Uh, but Jalen Williams is really, really good. Uh, you know, we're, we're transitioning from Rookie of the Year talk. I, I don't know that he'll get that kind of opportunity. It'll be Chet Moore. I think Chet could have an Evan Mobley-type impact on this Thunder team if we're looking at Rookie of the Year, you know, where maybe his numbers don't pop as much as, you know, like Kate Cunningham's did or, or Scotty Barnes did or Franz Wagner or whoever. I think it's more like Franz. Yeah, but consistent. I, yeah, I think he's gonna be consistent. I think he's gonna like have double doubles all the time. He's gonna have a lot of blocks. Like he may not score as much as Paolo or as much as Jabari Smith Jr., but his overall game impact and his his consistency, I think is gonna be there. But I was gonna say Jalen Williams though, given the opportunity, this is one of the best scorers and shooters in the entire draft. He is really, really good. I think if he played at a big school instead of Santa Clara, he would have been a top 10 pick. 1077 The Franchise is Daniel Bell. That's or Brendan Rabar. I am Jerry Ramsey. We're the old man game, by the way, uh, firing up some great stuff coming up this season. But let's uh, go ahead and take a break real quick. When we come back, the Oklahomans Joe Masato will join us on the Thunder Insider Show, 1077 The Franchise. One zero seven seven, the franchise. Daniel Bell on the ones and twos. Disco light, burning bright. Do you dance with your whole body to this song, Daniel? Because I've never really seen you dance. No. Are you giving a little bit? Just of do hip? what he does in the video. Just like the upper body, a little hip. I wear the same uh, outfit. Oh, with a bow tie. Yeah. Mm, nice. Pull my. Sleeves yeah. Up like he does. Yeah. No. I'm... Brandon Rabar, who's not afraid to stay in the pocket. Two-step. I imagine, he, yeah, he does like the little two-step with his little shoulders. No right? way. You guys don't know. Man, back in the day, <laughs> with my Jinko jeans and my bleach tips and my little uh, glow stick in my mouth, back at what? Club, no, no. Club no. Infinity. No. <laughs> what? All right. And on the uh, franchise hotline right now, joining us, Joe, how did you used to dance whenever you used to go to the club? Um... <laughs> What what saying I don't go to the clubs, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe Masada from the Oklahoma. Well, you had a chance to go to some good clubs uh, the last couple of nights. You were in Brooklyn. What what was the hottest spot in Brooklyn, Joe? Uh, 
I, I would say maybe the Fairfield Inn and Sweets where I stayed. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't do much other than go to the draft and, and ride at my hotel. But, yeah, it was pretty fun. All right. So there you were. You were sitting there hanging out. Um, and then I kind of made fun of, we're going to change the name of our show from Thunder Insiders to Thunder Outsiders because there are no insiders. Hell, we don't know. Joe, you cover <laughs> you cover this team just as close as anybody does on the planet. Did you were you were you at all surprised about the eleven, the twelve? Hell, were you surprised at two? Uh, I was not surprised at two. Um, I, I mean, I was surprised at how the very top of the draft went, like with the curveball at the top with Taliban Carroll going number one. But the sense that I got from the Thunder and, and then from Bill Duffy, Chet Holmgren's agent, after the draft is that um, Chet was the Thunder's number one priority. So. I'm pretty confident in saying that if the Thunder had the number one pick, it would have been Chet. Um, and just because there was the shakeup at the top of the draft, that didn't really change their thinking. Um, and, yeah, of course I was surprised at the trade-up to, to number 11 there. That's that's one that I had envisioned going into the draft. Um, I, I'm not the biggest Usman Jang guy in, in the world, but you know what? You're armed with a ton of picks, package them together, trade up and get your guy, and clearly he was one of the Thunder's guys, so we'll see how it plays out. Hey, Joe, this is Brandon uh, from Daily Thunder. I was going to ask you, you know, you were kind of in the building, in the room. You know, our sense watching on TV with the shakeup at the top that you mentioned was, I mean, it was surprise and shock here, but was there any sort of, like, feeling in the building, like, oh, there's this kind of seismic shift happening at the top where were people kind of talking and whispering, or, or how was it there? Yeah, I was so my seat was positioned pretty close to where Chet Holmgren's table was, and I was sort of like eagle-eyed on them, trying to see if I could sense any reaction to it. Because obviously, like the weirdest thing about being at the draft, the, like the Wi-Fi was terrible, so like my uh, Twitter notifications from like Woj and Shams weren't coming through very well. And it's like you're at the draft yet you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so like people at home know what's happening much faster than you are. Um, I didn't really sense uh, any change in emotion from or reaction from the guys actually being drafted, but like the crowd was seemed shocked. Like they, when Paolo was announced at number one, it was like a a huge reaction from the crowd there at Barclays Center. So that was pretty fun, and um, then it sort of rolled on from there. But um, Chet, you know, I asked him about it after the draft, and he was like, "I had enough on my plate. I wasn't really worried about that." So. You know, those guys know more than we do. I mean, he probably had a good sense that he was going to no matter what. Um, and who goes number one maybe didn't affect him all that much. So you got to talk to Chet. Who cares? No, I'm just kidding. Um, you got to talk to the other two or other three draftees. But I want to get the Jalen, the first Jalen Williams uh, reaction. What was his reaction to being selected by Thunder? Because he was mocked a little bit lower than than what the Thunder picked, and some might have called it a reach. But So what was his reaction? Yeah, we actually talked to Jalen Williams from Santa Clara before the draft as well, and he was pretty glowing about the Thunder and his workout with the team and everything like that. Um, I, I was just blown away talking to Jalen Williams, number one. By the way, this, this Jalen Williams thing is just going to screw with us forever. I got it. Listen, um, Joe, I got it. Jalen Williams the first because he's first round. Jalen Williams the second because he's second round. Okay, well, well, I'm talking about the first here. Um, <laughs> I, I imagine he just blew teams away in the interviews. He's he's just as just 
so intelligent and um, he, he's just like you, you can tell he's more mature than just about every guy in, in the draft even like going from talking to Chet to talking to Jalen Williams it's like yeah you know one guy's 20 years old played one season of college basketball the other guy I mean he's he's only 21 I think but he was a junior at Santa Clara didn't have the same hype around him uh, really wasn't much of a prospect his first and second years at Santa Clara and then just exploded last year but he, he's just a guy that I think is going to fit right in and play a pretty big role from day one. Um, he's, he's got a lot of length. He's a really creative passer. He's a pretty good ball handler. I don't know how the shooting is going to be yet, but he just, like, I, I can imagine, like, Sam Presti sitting down with him and, and being like, yeah, this is our guy. All right, talking to Joe Masada from the Oklahoman on the franchise hotline. Uh, just can we talk about the atmosphere that was going on there? I think the NBA has done an excellent job of making a draft night an incredible, like just an incredible experience on television. You see the NFL sort of trying to do the same thing, and the other leagues are kind of way behind. But I think they set the standard on how to present these new guys. Just kind of give me your feel inside the building. What there's a bunch of tables, there's families, there's agents all over the place. Uh, but it seems like it's like the Grammys or the Academy Awards, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty cool event. Um, it was kind of like chaotic trying to chase everything down, especially with them picking back-to-back at 11 and 12. I, I think the biggest differentiator from the NFL draft is that the NFL draft is just, like, huge in terms of the amount of fans who are there. And, like, there was a lot of people at Barclays Center, but it's not quite the same atmosphere. But on the floor, yeah, it's like, it's like an award show. I mean, um, every there was 20 or something guys – uh, who were down there on the draft floor. They all had tables with their parents, their uh, friends, college coaches, high school coaches, agents. And then when they get picked, it's like they just go through a slew of photo ops, interviews, like from one thing to another, from like league-sanctioned stuff to team-sanctioned stuff. And it's like kind of crazy to see the handoff, like John Reed um, from the Thunder's PR department, he was there at the draft, and it's like, as soon as they're drafted, they're, like, handed off to their team, and it's like now they're, I, I was joking, they're in, like, thunder custody pretty much because we know how, how much of an iron wall it is to, to talk to some of these guys at, at times. But, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of an overwhelming night, I, I would imagine, for these guys who are picked. And Jalen Williams was, was just talking about the relief and the relaxation that he felt after it was all over. Hey, Joe, uh, we talked about Chet, we talked about Jalen Williams the first, but Usman Jang was also in the green room. The Thunder got three guys that were invited to the uh, to the draft. Uh, I was wondering, did you get to talk to, to Usman at all? Obviously, the Thunder really, really liked him. They th- traded three future picks to, to move back into the draft and get him. Um, get to talk to him. Does he know Teo Maladone? Like, what kind of sense did you get in talking to Usman if you got to? Yeah, so I wasn't able to get a one-on-one with Usman because um, when that would have happened, the trade was not yet made official, so he wasn't technically a Thunder player yet. Uh, but I did ask him just in, in the general press conference that he had, like while he was still wearing the Knicks hat, about reportedly being traded um, to the Thunder, and, and obviously he knew what was going on. I, I don't know. So he had been asked about Giddy before, just given, given the NBL connections. Um, Jang played for the New Zealand Breakers. He said he didn't really know Giddy. Um, Maladone would be a good guy to ask him about because uh, they both went to INSEP in, in France and, and came up through that route. 
obviously Teo is a few years older, um, but clearly there's some connections there on, on the international stage, both through France and Australia, that Sam and the front office probably knew quite a bit about his situation. All right, so, Joe, my recent experience with the NBA and their uh, food was uh, lobster, crab, <laughs> crab cakes, grilled chicken, baked Rub potato bar. Um, we had some steak, some prime rib, a lot of like an ice cream bar, full size candy bars, you unlimited drinks. Whenever you want. <laughs> so I just wanted to see what your experience was like at the at the draft. Yeah, I know Jerry set you up for this one. Um, my experience is I got a concession stand voucher and I had some really nice chicken fingers and uh, mushy uh, crinkle cut fries. And I got a pretzel that might have been a little overdone, but I enjoyed the heck out of it, Daniel. <laughs> you know what? You're doing God's work, Joe. We appreciate you doing it. Um, and then, to, Daniel, didn't you say that the lobster was just a bit overdone? You just, no, no. Okay. It was it was perfectly fresh. The crab, I, I mean, the crab cakes were probably the best crab cakes I've ever had. I'm, try, I'm trying to make him feel better, bro. I Come know, on. but it, okay. Well, if you if you want if it makes you feel better, Joe. They could have been seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's where I messed up. So um, some arenas will do this during the year where they give you a concession voucher instead of, like, a media meal. And, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm never going to complain about, you know, free food. It wasn't some free food is better than other free food, but I'll just leave it at that. But this concession stand voucher was for 25 bucks, And I think the chicken fingers were, like, 11 the pretzel was like five or something and then i just turned it in but like you don't get it back with like whatever nine bucks remaining or something you gotta spend you gotta spend all of it so i really like screwed up i could have got some candy maybe two pretzels if i was feeling (laughs) frisky but um i really messed up now now i'm curious though like what if you would have spent like $28, were they going to, or was the NBA like penny pension? Would you have to come up with $3 of your own to, to pay for the, the rest of that pretzel? Oh yeah. Yes. I would have been, been paying three bucks. I actually, know, until the, until that new media rights deal comes. Through, <laughs> I actually did the same thing. Like that's what they do at the all-star game. And I mm-hmm. thought I was going to get change back or like they were going to hand me a voucher back for, I think it was like $6. And I was just sitting there looking stupid. <laughs> waiting for them to hand me my six dollar voucher <laughs> change back and they're like what are you what are you waiting for before you guys go back out on the road again next year you need to start watching the prices right <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right. i just don't understand the nba has got like nearly a million dollars in free money from okay. draymond green fines <laughs> cannot some of that money go towards joe masato's meal hey you said it, not me. <laughs> All right, Joe, uh, back to business really quick. Yeah, this week is going to be very important for some of the current uh, Thunder players. I think it was a three guys that uh, they have some deals that either the team or they need to opt into. Dort, uh, Muscala, and gosh darn it, who am I forgetting here? There's one more. I think Isaiah uh, Roby. Yeah, Isaiah Roby. Roby position. Yep. Or they pushed that one back a little bit, so they have time with Roby. Okay, so uh, after this week, uh, who do you think things get goofy with whenever you talk about uh, restricted free agency? Um, well, I, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen, but I, I think Dort is by far the most fascinating situation to, to monitor um, because you, you look at that deal, and from an outside perspective, you're like, okay, they've got, 
a team option for two million or whatever it is. That's automatically they're going to accept that, and it's like not so fast because um, then he would enter uh, unrestricted free agency next summer. Whereas they could decline the option, make him a restricted free agent this summer, come to some sort of deal. I think that's the most likely scenario. Um, just a number I've thrown out there is four years for sixty million, fifteen a year. And that still gives them some flexibility. I don't know if Lou would agree to that deal. Um, certainly he was underpaid on his last contract. But, you know, there's been all the Lou Dort trade rumors. If if he is not a long term piece in the Thunder's future, um, at four years and sixty million he would still have pretty good trade value. I mean, that's a contract that, you know, wouldn't be seen poorly across the league. So, um, that's that's the situation I'm monitoring the most um, in these next few days. Joe, you do a hell of a job, and I so appreciate every bit of time that you give us, man. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, go out there and go get you a pretzel this afternoon. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I see Joe Masato from the Oklahoman on the franchise hotline. Dan- man, Daniel. Like, I... I, okay, we had the conversation that we were probably going to talk to him a little bit about the, the voucher and what have you. But, man, you dug in. I was just wondering. Was no, you just wanted to brag about it. We've heard about those crab cakes and lobster and steak every day since the NBA Finals. I just wanted to know if, if they Rubbing. were treating him as good as they treated me. But you knew. You knew the answer before you asked. <laughs> I want to hear it from his mouth. I, I haven't talked to Joe since. <laughs> was it All-Star game? <laughs> or the end of the uh, season, probably end of the season. Yeah, maybe a little bit after. But yeah, I've been talking. But okay, but okay. So a couple of things that, that you know. First of all, that was game four of the finals, right? Game three was it game three. Game four was uh, no. I don't. Know, I, I forget. Yeah, one of them. Both were good. All I know one was, was steak, <laughs> and, like, and one was <laughs> lobster. Okay. So anyway, but that was a, a game of at the finals, right? This was rookies. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, right. a big, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Well, but, I mean, my boss Robert Latow uh, said that uh, he got sandwiches. <laughs> so, so, I mean, oh, in Golden State, yeah. So chicken fingers is probably a little bit better <laughs> than sandwiches. Especially Golden State when you when you go to those finals games, they they're paying that huge yep. salary to all their players so they can buy themselves some championships. By the way, uh, so they can't <laughs> afford to give the media lobster and steak. You know, to me, free food is free food. Whether it's like oh, a yeah, sandwich or steak, I'm taking it either way. Me too. I'm but, disagreeing with both of you. I but, mean, if you try to slide me something free and it's not worth it, it's like, mm-mm. Are you serious? I mean, come you on. Ate, you ate pork rinds for breakfast today. I had to pay, I had to pay for these pork rinds. <laughs> and pork rinds are good. And they're the off-brand. They're the Casey's <laughs> off-brand pork rinds. And you're, you're saying you're too good for some free NBA sandwiches? <laughs> Man, that's all. They better be crinkle cut. That's all I'm saying. They better be crinkle cut. 107.7 of the franchise. That's Brandon Rabar, Daily Thunder, Old Man Game, a great franchise contributor. As Daniel Bell, Black Sports Online, BSO. Uh, you'll follow him. First tier NBA reporter and a great franchise contributor. I'm TV's Jerry. Just for this weekend, on Sunday morning, I will be Rear Admiral Ramsey on my Landlock show. Uh, that's my Yacht Rock show. Had a great time uh, out there at the Tower Theater last night. Soft hands. If you ever get a chance to go see them, go see them. 
It was awesome. Uh, when we get back, we'll start all over again, talk a lot about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the three of us will talk about what's going on with the contract situation, the number crunches, and all that stuff. Plus, Summer League, Summer League, Summer League, all on the way. You're listening to the Franchise Insider Show on 107.7 The Franchise. Now, everything was going good until you start busting this stuff out. Yeah, that's in the closet. That's a, that's a good choice. No. Naomi Campbell was in this video. This is one of my... Ten favorite Michael Jackson songs. It's. Well, I mean, you should have played the other nine. <laughs> Danger. Listen. Uh, wait. Remember the time is off. Dangerous, and that's it. No. That, that dangerous. Is it. Dangerous that is like it. It was a pioneering New Jack album, like New Jack Swing, like ah, uh, Teddy Riley, like the Dangerous album is supremely underrated. You don't like Black or White? Mm-mm. Are you sure? You don't like Jam? It had Michael Jordan in the oh, video. Michael God. Jackson and Michael Jordan. Let me ask you. Why you want to trip on me? Why you want to trip closet? on me? Will you be there? I did like the, the song I, from Free Willy. Willy. I did Hill like the World. There. Yeah, you don't Hill like Hill in the World. Nah. <laughs> I mean, help out North America, maybe, but in the world, it's a lot. It's a lot. You're asking a lot right there. Yeah, but Hill North America just does not have a very good ring to it. It's I imagine a terrible song title. It was the it was the, it was the start of it, the, and then they said, you know what, Mike, just drop the, just do the world. <laughs> I hope they're. Uh, are we just going to continue to play this? How long is this damn thing? It's instrumental. Most bumpers last like 15. I was hoping the bumper would go away. Well, you talk, if you didn't talk crap on it, it would have gone away, but I just had to let it ride. I Listen, I am a Michael Jackson enthusiast like the rest of you guys, both of you guys there. Not as much as us, too. No, I'm not, because Dangerous is kind of where I stop. You, invincible? What about Invincible? Butterflies? What? Oh, my God. And it was I, better. I'm impressed you knew Butterflies. Well, though. it was better done by Floetry. No, no, it was not. They actually have... The demo version on Apple Music. Yes, so you, I know. With the, Apple Music. They had, a, they had it on this thing called a compact disc. Well, whatever. Back in the day. Well, it was before my time. I know. Hey, you remember Casingles? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Daniel doesn't remember Casingles. Yeah, they called them Casingles. Casingles, yeah. They yeah were, they're cassette singles. Ew. That sounds like a waste of money. You're listening to you're listening to Casingle Talk on the franchise. Brandon Rabar, Daniel Bell, Jerry Ramsey. Old man, I mean, we're old man game. I said, yeah, it dissolved into that. But uh, it is the Thunder Insider Show. Maybe uh, for one of the last times, there are no such thing as Thunder Insiders. <laughs> Even we talked to Joe Masato from the Oklahoman, who was still kind of beside himself, that the Oklahoma City Thunder did what they did. Everybody knows about Chet. We'll talk about Chet. We'll talk about the uh, dice. We'll talk about the watch. We'll talk about all that in the segment. But let's go to 11 and 12. Three first rounds. Now, explain to me, Brandon, as if I don't know, and kind of, I, I don't. Uh, explain to me why those third, why those three uh, first-round picks aren't as bad as maybe some Oklahoma City Thunder fans think it might be. Yeah, like if you think it was an overpay to give up three future picks to get to a number 11. Which, by the way, they were in competition with Cleveland. That's kind of the reports, right? Yeah, so that was the thing. Brian Windhorst came out, and it was backed up by, I believe, Jeremy Wu. Uh, there's, been, there's been lots of reports. The Cavs... And the Thunder were both vying for number 11 to trade with the Knicks, both so they could take Usman Jang, who, by the way, wasn't reached because uh, as recently as a couple days before the draft, a lot of experts heard that he might go number 8 to the Pelicans or number 9 to the Spurs. Uh, very sought-after prospect. So the Thunder ended up beating out the Cavs. They gave up three future picks, but they were all heavily protected. One of them is the Denver 2023 pick. Well, Denver has the reigning two-time 
MVP in Jokic. Uh, they're going to get Jamal Murray back. They're going to get Michael Porter Jr. back. Uh, so that's probably not a very good pick. And then the other two were the two picks that they got for trading the number 16 pick in last year's draft. Uh, you know, they could have taken Alperen Shingun. He went to the Rockets, but they got two picks. But it's a Wizards pick and a Pistons pick, both of them heavily protected for years. Who knows what those are going to be? And so you give up three heavily protected picks, probably the least value of the Thunder's future picks going forward. For the number 11 pick, it's hard to get into the lottery and and to do that using future picks that are that protected. So value-wise, I think it was great. And you get a prospect in Usman Jang, who a lot of teams are very, very high on. Tell us what uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are getting with uh, Jang. <clears throat> First off, I want to say it's funny how, not you, Brandon, but it's funny how people are were saying those are great picks that Thunder traded for last year, and now those are heavenly <laughs> protected picks. <laughs> they're not going to be that good. But uh, in Jang, they're, they're getting a, a extremely talented. I think he's raw. Some people don't. Some people think he's a little bit more NBA. I think he's more of a raw talent, very versatile, long, lanky. He's like if a mixture of the old Pressy pick and a new Pressy pick. Like he's long and lanky. But he can actually do some stuff on the basketball court. Does need to add some strength. Shooting could be better. But and can be a more a little bit more aggressive. But I think I like the pick. I'm gonna be I'm a little confused here. So he did play for the Breakers, correct? Yes. Okay, but he does not know Giddy. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah I, okay, okay. So what I mean, do they just Well well he he played this year and, and Giddy was in the NBL the year before and he Usman Jang is originally from France and Josh Giddy is originally from Australia. So I mean Jang was just a year later basically. This, this also could be setting up because Jang played with uh Victor Wimbimiana on the uh Viva oh, team. Yeah, you. I think they have the same agent too. Mm-hmm. Mm, that would what do you mean the same agent? How old is Wimbanyana? Fourteen? <laughs> <laughs> he's had an agent since he was seven. People have been talking about Wimbanyana for so long. He's he's the number one prospect, by the way. Okay, so my next qu- year, like my, generational LeBron type talent. My question is then, if he's he was a breaker, because my obviously because I'm a dumbass, I would say, oh well, you know, right. he, he was a thank you very much. He was a breaker. Giddy's a breaker. So obviously they they saw this guy while they were scouting Giddy. But no, is it what did just Presty just leave it on breaker basketball all? night and like woke up to go pee and then he's like oh who's this kid no so the nbl now is considered one of the best leagues in the in the world obviously nba but then you got euro league you got the nbl like there's a lot of talent coming out of the nbl now i mean Lamelo ball a couple years ago josh giddy last year usman jang this year so there's some some kind of prime talent right now and and the thunder scout internationally better than anyone i mean they are everywhere like every nook and cranny like they're they're the, the YMCA in Serbia, uh, they, they've got guys there scouting prospects, uh, and that's kind of where they have an advantage. You know, you're a small market, but you can get advantages other places, and one of those is their international scouting and how thorough they are. Look, Usman Jang, he's a guy that, that a lot of teams wanted. I, I agree with Daniel. He's, he's more raw. I think that Chet and Jalen Williams, day one, Chet's going to be a starter day one. He's going to be a rookie of the year candidate. Uh, I think Jalen Williams, like Joe Masato said earlier, I think he'll have a big role from day one because he played three years in college. He's day one, one of the best shooters and scorers on this Thunder team. He's a Kobe guy. He, he's got a Kobe tattoo on his leg. And like Joe said, he is so impressive. So smart. Uh, 
it, when you hear him talk, you're going to be really, really impressed with him. But Jang, he's more of a raw project. He could see some time in the G League to get development minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays with Thunder and the G League this season. But long term, he's a he's a high, high upside project. Just going by upside, he might have been a top five guy this year. More than likely, because Sam Presti said that he uh, was he's scouting him or scouted him at sixteen or a few years ago. How, uh, so more than likely, he was probably looking at Victor Wembanyama a few years ago and saw, huh, this guy is older. He's keep him on our radar. So that's probably what it was. Yeah, because they said that, you know, they saw when he was like 6'2", and he had the guard skills and handles, and then he grows to 6'10". You're like, whoa, this is a completely different player. But I wonder, you know, a 6'2", Jang, were they even that interested? I don't know. Like, he's obviously got <laughs> skills, but they might have been watching somebody else, and then, like, they come back a few months later, and he's 6'10", and I'm like, oh, all right, this dude. And then tell us uh, what we're getting in. Uh, I love it. I just did it, what we're doing. Tell us Thunder people, <clears throat> our Thunder fans, uh, tell us what we're getting with uh, Jalen Williams the first, uh, the number 12 pick. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm really, really high on Jalen Williams. He was number 15 on my final board, which which I thought was high, and I wanted to put him higher if I'm just looking at his tape and I'm looking at his, his measurements. He's a guy, he killed it at Santa Clara. If you just look at his numbers, like his shooting, like his catch and, catch and shoot numbers, you know, Everybody talks about A.J. Griffin and Jabari Smith Jr. Like, Jalen Williams' numbers are, like, right there with them, like, as far as three-point shooting. And he scored, like, 18 points a game. He's a great passer as well. But everybody thought, oh, he played at Santa Clara. Like, if he would have played at a bigger school, he would have been more highly sought. But then he goes to the combine, and his measurements were off the charts. Had a 39-inch vertical. Um, You know, he ended up having a 7'2 wingspan and measuring 6'6". So all of a sudden... His measurements and physical attributes match the stats. And then he gets in these interviews. He's the most impressive interview from anyone in this class. And then he decides to play three-on-three, which some prospects don't do. And he killed it. He was the best player in all the three-on-three in the pickup games and those kind of things. So all of a sudden, after the combine, he starts going from like a late first-round pick, maybe like mid-20s, to all of a sudden you see him like late teens, maybe mid-teens. And then, you know, you see there's reports that that the Hawks and the Cavs at 14 and 16 wanted him very badly. So that's why you see the Thunder, they pulled the trigger at 12. The Thunder and wingspan is kind of like me with uh, curly hair and glasses. Like, whenever my <laughs> wife wears curly hair and glasses, forget it. She gets whatever she wants. So they cannot pass up on wingspan. Do you hear that, Mrs. Ramsey? I hope she's not listening. Oh, she really? She thinks she's listening to the draft stuff? Trust me, she's had enough of the draft stuff. She's going to be supporting you. Uh, I heard this morning, she's... Had pretty much enough of this draft stuff, to be very honest with you. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of names, Daniel, uh, that I want to get into, 15, 16, 17 in a row, actually, were names at one time that all three of us were guilty of doing it, and a bunch of Thunder, quote-unquote, insiders or guys that follow the team associated with the Thunder. They end up going 15, 16, 17. Why isn't Mark Williams, A.J. Griffin, or uh, Tari Eason in Oklahoma City Thunder? <laughs> Great question. I know, As, uh, especially uh, Mark Williams. I wish he was here, but no. Um, I think the Thunder got Chet, so and I think he's probably going to be the center for the future. So that takes out Mark Williams. Then you probably you get tar. I mean, Jalen. They probably had their eye on Jalen uh, Williams, the second lighter Jalen Williams, in the second round. They probably didn't want to take a higher. Uh, 
kind of a reach on Tari Eason. So at twelve, and then because I think there were probably from, I'll say probably six to probably thirteen ish. There's a bunch of guys that could have gone from six to thirteen. So and I don't think Tari Eason for me he wasn't in that spot. And then I forgot the last one you said. No, Tari Eason and AJ Griffin. Oh, and, yeah, AJ Griffin. And I think they, if it was going to be between AJ Griffin was in the the six to 13-ish range, but I think he, he's probably the better shooter, but his medicals probably didn't excite a lot of people, especially the Thunder. And then they get Jalen Williams, darker Jalen Williams, the first. And, and I mean, that he's a, he's a really good shooter. I think he's the best, best scorer in the draft. I think he's the most skilled scorer in the draft. So you kind of get almost as good shooting, but you get extra skills, and you get a better frame. And no medical, no medical history on him, so that's why. All right, Brandon, you're super positive. You're super positive. So I'm, I want to see you squirm out of this. Why isn't Mark Williams, AJ Griffin, or did they miss on any of these guys? No, I, I first of all, I had Mark Williams lower because he's your traditional center. His measurements were great. His standing reach was like nine nine. But the Thunder aren't interested in traditional center. He can't shoot, and so I think he's out. They, they want to play five out. They want everybody that can shoot. AJ Griffin, I think it definitely comes down to three things. His medicals, his athleticism, and his defense was was pretty bad. He's a great shooter, but if he doesn't get that athleticism back and his medicals are a little murky and his defense is bad, all of a sudden you just got like kind of a, a defensive target who's a, who's a great three-point shooter. So is he a role player? Like, And I, I was high on A.J. Griffin because I thought maybe he would get that athleticism back. But obviously he slipped all the way to 16. I mean, it wasn't just the Thunder. He was a guy that was at one point projected to go like six, and then he fell all that way. So, so all the teams were scared of of those reasons. Uh, so, and and when you look at it in a vacuum, Jalen Williams is just a better all around player. When you look at his numbers, what he can do with the ball, AJ Griffin's not really an initiator. He's not a playmaker. Uh, you know. I think that Jalen Williams is just a better player. Everybody was just kind of infatuated, and I get it because I was too with A.J. Griffin's three-point shooting. But then all of a sudden I see these catch-and-shoot numbers and, and these three-point numbers from Jalen Williams. I'm like, they're basically the same three-point shooter, but Jalen Williams has a better all-around game. And then Tari Eason came on late. I think he wasn't even talked about until like the last week, week and a half. But I heard about the athleticism, and I started looking at him, and I'm like, well, that's awesome. But the size, I think, is there. If he was you know, three or four inches taller or maybe his wingspan, like I said, was a little longer. Maybe he was more into consideration, but um, that's another guy too. That I mean, the Rockets get, and people love what the Rockets did. Did they miss yeah. on him? No, I, I do like Tari Eason. Uh, the thing with Tari Eason, kind of the the one knock from all the scouting reports is like he was a great defender, one of the best defenders in this class, but he didn't really play with discipline. Like you talk about Jeremy Sohan, like it was like fundamentals discipline played within a system and it was kind of like Tari Eason was kind of a wild card he kind of like gambled more um, and that's how he excelled defensively so I think that maybe be a reason why he he turned off the thunder a little bit because they're very much working within a system and team ball and that's what they're going for with with all their draft picks 1077 the franchise I'm Jerry Ramsey that is Brendan Rabar Daniel Bell on and twos, all of us at the Thunder Insiders slash Thunder Outsiders, because nobody knows what the hell's going on inside that organization. When we get back there, you better, you chat on 1077 The Franchise.
I mean, you just bust out blood on the dance floor. I mean, oh, what are blood we on the dance floor is a great that song. That was definitely coming next. That is a great song, actually. See, you're making fun of it. I really like that. When I this, agree, this video had song. this video had Chris Rock, Marlon Brando. It's a great video. All, I mean, all his videos are great. See, this is where this is where we get in trouble. This is where we get in trouble. I like I said, I'm a, I, I would rather go back to the Jacksons before I then get Invincible. Yes. Oh my God, you're a loser. Listen, I mean, I do like the Jacksons. Well, I think, yeah, but I, like a lot, a lot I, think I think a lot of people would agree with what Daniel said, but not on this subject. Now, the Jacksons or the Jackson Five? Because there's both. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh okay. no. The you, Jacksons had Blame It on the Boogie. Don't you Blame It on the Boogie was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, no, they had Dancing Machine, too. Oh, yeah, that that was them. Yeah. Yeah. So, two songs. Can you feel it? Can, yeah. Can, can you, you feel, feel it? it? Have you... Mm, I'm what not, mean? Uh, I like the dance moves to that. There is and nothing... The live. There is nothing more hype than Can You Feel It. I wasn't alive. State of Shock with Mick Jagger. Oh, there Remember you go. that one? Should have been Freddie Mercury. I don't know if you know that <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, they did a demo. Do me a favor. While you're sitting back there doing nothing. <laughs> Pull up Can You Feel It by the Jacksons. The a good song, song or the instrumental? The song. Go ahead and, 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 and pull it up. All right. We're going to talk about this. Remember the video? They like putting glitter over like. And that was high tech yeah, stuff in 1978. Like, yeah, like, like serious yes. CGI. They did some really, really big time <laughs> stuff with that. All right. Uh, number two, Chet. I mean, it is what it is. We were talking during the break, and it's pretty simple. This guy has a couple of things star potential. And he's polarizing. Hand in hand. The two of them together. He has star potential and he's polarizing, which makes him, in my in my opinion, even more like uh on the track for success as far as being a star. Look at KD, look at Draymond Green. Like, you know, talk about these guys. Listen, whenever you're running to go get a quote at the end of a game, you're not gonna go like yes, you wanna go get SGA. It's gonna be, yeah, we played a good game, yeah. I saw he was open. Yeah. No. I really love the fans. But then... That's a terrible <laughs> impression. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what I hear. And the brother's been here for how many years now? <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen to all these draft picks. I don't know why you're talking about this. But, yeah, let's do it. Then Chet comes in. Go ahead, Daniel. Right? He's coming back from the showers. We know we haven't been in the locker room forever. Uh Nice. Right? Nice. Well, you know you have to wait for him to get towelled off. Yeah, this is a deep cut. Like, this was a hit back in the day. Yeah. It's a forgotten hit. I do like the instrumental, like how it adds pieces to the song, to instrumental as it goes along. Those are, re- Those are real violins back then in 1972. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't some dude on a Casio. <laughs> I don't like Michael Jackson not starting the song. <laughs> not a fan. He thought he killed it, and then Michael Jackson had to come in like, you know what? You're not doing good enough. <laughs> pull it down, da- pull it down, or I'm gonna dance to this whole damn thing. I want you to dance. <laughs> they don't. Go. Ahead. Oh, Twitch is oh yeah, Twitch. Like last, like last. Yeah, I'll show you some. Are you gonna moves. dance for Twitch? I'll show you some of my moves from last night. You're gonna have to carry this though. Oh wow, that's worse than I thought that's it was what gonna you be. Were doing. Watch Man. Michael come in and kill this. So smooth. He, he, Jerry. Oh yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Jerry looks like he's twitching. <laughs> they couldn't get enough last night. They could not. They, thank good. Hey, if I didn't show off this ring, ugh. 
that really looked like a life <laughs> life church crowd. Like, have you ever been to life church? You, you darn right I have. That's exactly what that crowd looked like. And Brandon's with so, me on this. And how many times have you turned up at life church? I've turned up pretty well. Yeah. Thank so you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's very true. Much. It's true. All right. So check it. Chet, Chet has star potential. Um, I mean, let's let's talk about obviously we ad nauseum we talked about the numbers and there's enough nerds in this uh, market to tell us about numbers and usage rates and all that junk. My man's gonna be a star. He's gonna be an absolute star. Uh, Have you turned around on Chet? No, I listen. I understand the real thing. I no no. I want to see his numbers, but as far as like how he's gonna represent himself, I think he's gonna walk around Oklahoma City like he owns the damn place. And if he puts up the right numbers, Daniel, he's going to. We need to take him to R&B Sundays. <laughs> Where would R&B Sundays be? Where would he go? It's at, um, not Pink Parrot, uh, the one next to Pink Parrot. I can't think of the name now. See? I, I, like I, The names just slipped my mind, but it's next to Pink Parrot. That's why you're never driving. If we go somewhere, you're never driving. I mean, I know how to get there. <laughs> you don't know where the hell we're going. I ain't going somewhere that you don't know where we're going. <laughs> Murph. Okay. Giggles. Uh-huh. Said Jerry's moves look like that overconfident geek no one actually danced with. <laughs> That's funny because your mom was dancing with me last night. So there you go. Are you talking to the listener or to Daniel? No, definitely wasn't mine. <laughs> All I know is Jerry could not stop talking about Daniel's mom the other night at the uh, draft party at Twin Peaks. I thought Daniel was going to throw down. Your mother is a very nice looking lady. She had some very nice looking kids. Or yeah. at least one. I don't know about the rest of them. You're lucky to get the chromosomes. All right. And I got the height and the brains. <laughs> like, I'm the smartest and the tallest. So, Daniel's a star. Right. <laughs> so, but, Chet, let's get back to Chet real quick. Uh, the ice that he brought with the uh, with the necklace, which poor Darius Baisley never had a shot, right? Darius Baisley had to change his number. And I, what the conversation was, that he changed his number like a month ago? Two okay. months. Well, no, actually, it was... Kenrich Williams actually is the number thirty four. Like, I mean, like Chet was thirty four in college, and his dice was thirty four. Uh, you know, he had the three and the four. Obviously, it makes seven. So yeah, he's going to be seven. Darius Baisley's changed his number to fifty five. Uh, per the Thunder, he was going to change it for a few months. Now he had decided. Uh, so now Darius is going to be fifty five. Kenrich Williams is still thirty four, and Chet Holmgren is going to be number seven. Uh, fifty-five is a funky basketball number. That's a big. That's a, a Cole Aldrich number. It's like a Bill Lambier number. No, 40, no forty-two is Bill Lambier. I'm just saying, like those double, <laughs> bigger double no, digits. Bill Lambier, like that's a number where you just like the guy on the basketball team that makes is a practice player. You just hand him a jersey. <laughs> he doesn't even get to pick his number. You just hand him a jersey. Oh, so that's why you went with Cole Aldrich. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Byron Mullins number. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Hey, Byron Mullins, nice guy. He bought me. Uh, he bought me Jack in the Box once. So <laughs> listen to this. I can flex. only say nice things about <laughs> Byron Mullins. Uh, That's a Jerry number. <laughs> uh, okay, so but okay. going back to Chet, he does have swag. He has confidence, um, and he does have star potential. Like the Thunder getting a guy who I think I had rated, and, and a lot of people did, so I'm not you know, like bragging here, like most draft analysts had Chet Holmgren as the number one prospect because of his upside, because of his ceiling. You, you talked about him being polarizing, and that's because of his skinny frame, and so people worry that he's going to bust. 
I'm telling you, I think he's got too much skill to bust. He's been the number one rated prospect in this class going back like three years, back to his days at Minnehana in Minnesota when he was a junior. He crossed up Steph Curry and uh, dunked on him, splashed a three in his face, blocked him at the rim when he was a junior in high school. And so he's had all eyes on him since then. 7-1, maybe 7-2 with a 7-6 wingspan. He's great defensively, blocked short, uh, blocked four shots a game, shot 40% from three. Like, there are guys, when you're 7-foot-one and you have that skill level, like, this is not like, not to bag on him at all, but like, Hashim Thabit, like, he was a high draft pick, really tall. People worry that, that Chet could be like that. He is not that. Like, some guys get drafted high just because they're 7-foot-one and they have that wingspan and you hope they'll become a good basketball player. Chet seven one seven six wingspan already a good basketball player. He has got guard skills. He can shoot. He can defend. His timing, his instincts, his basketball IQ. I don't see an avenue where he can bust. Now maybe his skinniness holds him back, and he doesn't become that superstar. But at the very, very least, his height, his wingspan, and his skill level and IQ are going to make him, at the very least, a good basketball player. Daniel, you were talking about him coming in, and it uh, looks like his contract is going to be negotiated, where he's probably the uh, second, third, fourth, like highest, like or he's already going to be at the top he's of the food chain. Third yeah. highest paid player on this team. That's because, in my opinion, Daniel, that he's the n- number two pick, and I think, well, yeah, I think all star is his expectation. I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder have expectations of him being an all-star. So that's where it starts right there. His development is going to like to be to make him one of the better players in the league. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I just want people to not have a instant reaction. Like if he doesn't do great in summer league and doesn't have isn't in rookie of the year conversations, don't call him a bust. Like at least wait to 3 years. Like I I don't like when players are called a bust after their first year because that's not fair. Like there's so many factors that go into being a good basketball player. And it's hard for a guy to come in to be and have immediate impact. Brandon and I were talking during the break, you know, who is a bust that had a pretty good year? Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He was a bust last year. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and now he's, you know, was very, very crucial in helping the Warriors win. Uh, a title is an all-star starter shouldn't have been uh, this year. Most important player on that team this year. <laughs> this all-star year, all-star starter. Start. You messed yeah, that up when you said it. Starter, yeah. You like choked on it. Yeah, all-star yeah, yeah, starter. Cause, yeah, because it was so great. But that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but look, like even last year, Cade Cunningham, like his first like seven, eight games, but like, oh, he's going to be a bust. Look at his numbers. He look at his shoot shooting ter- percentage. He yeah, shoot he terribly. was. He started he off ter- really, really bad. Terrible. And then the second half of the season, he was incredible. Jalen Green. Like, until the last, like, two months of the season, his numbers were pretty bad. Some idiots thought he didn't belong on first team uh, all-rookie, and they thought that Giddy belonged instead of Green. <laughs> well, first of all, Giddy should have been first team all-rookie over Jalen Green. When you look at, you know, Giddy's numbers for the season and Jalen Green's. But Jalen Green obviously wasn't a bust. Anthony it. Edwards, the first half of his rookie season wasn't that great. He really turned it on the second half of the season. You know, Chet, he's going to have growing pains like every rookie does, but I do expect him to come in and make an immediate impact on winning. Uh, I, th- I just think he's that good of a basketball player. The Thunder now have, I truly think, an exciting cornerstone franchise three building blocks in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chet Holmgren, and Josh Giddy. I think that everybody already says that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is an all-star talent. 
Chet Holmgren is the number two pick, and you, like you said, the expectation will be for him to become an all-star when you're picked number two overall and could have been number one. And then Josh Giddy, we saw what he did last year. I mean, like the four youngest triple doubles of all time and was absolutely killing it before uh, he got hurt and got shut down for, for the season. And then you got all these other exciting players. you got Lou Dort, like a defensive linchpin, and his offense keeps growing. you got Trey Mann. you got Jalen Williams, Usman Jang, Poku, hold, Darius Baisley. Like you on. got all these exciting young players. Lou Dort's still on Thunder? I think he should be in that <laughs> conversation as the building, but people want to get rid of him. So oh, I, oh, 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 oh. I agree he should be in the conversation with the... With the I, think, I don't think he should be. In, I think he should be. Lou Dort. Right, because I had him off the Thunder last week. Is he? Is he not? <laughs> is he still there? Huh? Yeah, no. That was another win for the Thunder on draft night. Like everybody just expected him to be traded. Uh, you know, supposedly the Trailblazers really, really wanted Lou Dort. Because why wouldn't you want Lou Dort? And they were going to trade seven for Lou Dort and twelve. Uh, but to come away with not only the four guys that they did, but to still have Lou Dort on the uh, on the team is a big win. Now, now, and we'll get into this in the next segment. Uh, how long you will be around? There's a couple of guys that we're thinking about, but Trey Man did something this morning that I thought was weird. <laughs> uh, I was kind of going through Twitter like I do, right? Not you know talking to my family, and Trey Man tweets out, "I've been counted out so many times, I couldn't, I, I couldn't count it." Okay, I actually answered him back on Twitter because I'm a loser. <laughs> I said, "I feel you're in a transitional phase." The Thunder actually want to count on you, not count you out. Um, Did he reply? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> That'd be scary. I don't want that. Anyway, but my point is, is first of all, he does the, the all athletes. It's us against the world. All athletes prove their haters wrong. I mean, we saw it with uh, Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Clay. Hell, you saw it, you know, firsthand. Clay kind of. I agree with it. Kind of freak out about his doubters and haters. That was my question. Yeah. Right, with the, with, no one is doubting Trey Mann. I have not heard any, I've not heard one person, one, who knows who the hell Trey Mann is because they follow the team. Two, when they talk about him, everybody expects this guy to blast through his ceiling. Am I wrong? No, uh, look, I am really, really high on Trey Mann. Like, I would put him, like, right after, like, almost there with Lou Dort as far as, like, building blocks for this team moving forward. Like, I think you got that top tier with the three that we talked about, SGA, Chet, and Giddy, and then you to me you got Lou Dort, Trey Mann, and Jalen Williams uh, right after that. Usman Jang maybe in the future as well. But I'm I'm really really high on Trey Mann. Uh, look, he scored 22 points in one quarter against the Boston Celtics this year. He scored 20 points in one quarter in another game. Uh, he had multiple 30 point games as a rookie. He was a guy just like we talked about Jalen Green and Kate Cunningham. Uh, you know. Up and down the first half of the season. The second half of the season was just incredible, especially given a bigger role in bigger minutes. Look, I think what where he's coming from probably, look, put yourself in his shoes. You're like a 20-year-old just coming off rookie season. And and if you're looking at Thunder social media, as far everybody's talking about Chet. Everybody's talking about SGA. Everybody's talking about Getty. Nobody's talking about Trey Mann. Uh, I actually tweeted out a couple days ago, like after the draft, Lost in all the hype with OKC's new draft class, an exciting young core is Trey Mann. That's how high I am on him. I said uh, Thunder Young Core has loads of potential. Dude scored 22 points in one quarter versus Celtics as a rookie. Uh, but that's probably where he's coming from. Like, you know, you feel like you're you're a solid core member building block going forward, but you're not being mentioned with, with all these other guys. That's that It happens all the from. damn time with me with you two. You're doing radio on Cleveland. You go to Boston. Here I am, stuck, just running everything. I mean, Nobody talks about me. Could it be you that talk we're just about you plenty better? 
at this than you are? Is that the is that See, what it is? And that's where Trey that's where Trey Mann is, right? That probably got no. yeah, these other guys going, Well, maybe we're better. No, but, <laughs> Jerry's gonna put out tweets saying everybody's counting me out. <laughs> but I, and I would get your back. I'd be like, It's true. Jerry look, we don't say it much, but Jerry has like nine jobs. Like he not only does the franchise he does TV stuff. I don't even know. I honestly don't even know all the radio stations that you were. I cannot keep up. And it seems like every week, week he's got a new job. Like, how many kids are you supporting? What's going on here? Why do you have so many jobs? I love, uh, I love to work. Go ahead. A question I asked regarding Trey Mann, like, uh, at the end of the season, not like ask them, but like on Twitter, is I wonder if they're going to do what they did with the previous rookie class there this the Trey Mann rookie class is definitely better but with Poku and Teo they just kind of kind of forgot about them and wanted to develop that rookie class that they had at the time and I was wondering I'm wondering if that's going to be the case like I said the Trey Mann rookie class is definitely better but are they going to because I mean they brought in four they're going to bring in four guys again so are they going to try to develop these new guys first and then say, well, we already know what we have in you, so you just have to wait till we try to put this whole thing together. Listen, listen, and listen, talent sometimes isn't the problem. It's managing the talent, and that's kind of where the thunder, that's that next step, learning how to win, managing talent, and all that stuff. Um, I have a cautionary tale I'll tell you after the break. But before we go to the break, real quick, the winner can get my other b- bag of pork rinds. It was a deal. It was like buy two for three dollars or whatever. So, anyway, are they the spicy kind? At the barbecue. Uh, okay, you can win. Brian. See, see what I mean? See, turn down free food. Uh, there are two Hall of Fame fifty fives. There are two Hall of Fame fifty. And y'all ain't got no time. So I'm just gonna let you sit there and think. Don't be looking it up on Google either. Yeah, we can't see Daniel. He's you're, in another room. He could be you're, cheating. Your phone will be uh, on the camera. You also got a can't. Uh, I mean, you got like four computer computers back there. I got computers in there. <laughs> anyway, so two. There are two All Star or All Star. I'm sorry, Hall of Fame 55s. Two. Ready? Yeah. Okay. I'll, 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 I won't come up with it. I'll, I can't think. I'll give Can you, you us a hint. I'll give you the years that they. Uh, gosh darn it. This guy played, he uh, was a rookie in 92 and retired in 09. And this other guy, it just says 1950. Okay, well, that one, I'm definitely not kidding. So this dude played for like 17 years? He was a team? 55. Oh, no, oh, no. Uh, Matumbo. Oh, Oh, that's right. 92 gave it away, yeah. That's right. There you go. See, now you get these pork rinds. <laughs> but the 50, can you give us a team? Who do you play for? Uh, the Syracuse Nationals. Oh, no idea. <laughs> Did, that's the only team? Yep. <laughs> Dolph Shays. Yeah, no, Y'all weren't no. getting Dolph Shays? No. Oh. I might have been able to come up with Tumbo give him more time, but well done, Daniel. 1077 The Franchise. When we get back, I'm going to tell you the cautionary tale, and we're going to get into some of the number inches with this roster, plus a little bit of Summer League information. You're listening to the Thunder Insider Show, 1077 The Franchise. We're just going to let Michael Jackson ride. That's that blood on the dance floor. That's probably about. why he walked out, because he knew I was playing this song. <laughs> but welcome back. Thunder Insider Show, Brandon Rebar, Jerry Ramsey just leaving, up and leaving the show. Maybe he got, maybe, maybe we made him mad. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Daniel Bell, basketball guru. D. Quick question on Twitch, though, for you. Yeah. This wasn't for you, it's for anybody. <laughs> uh, from Scott for Mayor asks, will Brady Manick make the Charlotte roster? Oh, that's a good question. 
Like people wondered last year if Austin Reeves would make the uh, Lakers roster, and not only did he make it, but he got a lot of playing time and became like an essential player for the Lakers down the uh, down the stretch. Uh, I think he'll make the team. Maybe he becomes a two way player. I don't know. Like the the end of their bench very well. I know the rotational players really well, but their end of their bench guys that he'll be fighting it out with. I'm not sure, but I believe in him enough to believe that he can maybe become like a at least two way player. They just say, you know what? We live in North Carolina. Let's just take North Carolina and Duke guys. <laughs> right. They took Mark Williams. Yeah, that's right. And now they took Brady Manning. So they just say, you know, we're not even going to scout any other state. Or any other school, we're just going to take the guys we know. Given how Brady Manning played in the tournament, yeah, he was I mean, I mean, gosh, until he ran into a Big Twelve uh, center, <laughs> he was great. <laughs> he had a nice, he had a nice run, yeah. and then he had to play the five for a second there. That's true. And like I, like I said, I, I've quit jobs and then went to another job, and it's like, oh, you have to do the same thing that you did your last job, right. and you can see me roll my eyes too and go, oh crap, this is why I left <laughs> to begin with. So. Uh, yeah, and, and listen, I did a game in Hera. I did a football game in Hera, and they're still like man, you know, maniacs. Oh uh, yeah, will. yeah, yeah. They're still rooting for him. Like, did Daniel bring him up? It, it's a it twitch was question. a Twitch question. Oh, okay. I was gonna say if, if he would make the Hornets roster. But there's or not. no way that Daniel would have brought up a. Uh, I mean, Brady I did get to talk to him at the final four. A Carolina guy. Did, were you nice? Yeah. Okay. It was after they beat Duke too. Oh, oh, how'd you do that? What do you mean? How'd I do that? BSO sent me there. No, <laughs> but I, but they obviously they just busted up on uh, Duke, and then he's a major reason they busted up on Duke. And you still kept your composure. Look, I wasn't as mad. Like I wasn't as <laughs> mad or heartbroken because the game was so good. Like e- either one of those teams could have won. You love basketball more than you love Duke. I mean, it's close. <laughs> but it's just that's just one of those games where it's like you know what? This was a great game. It was the best game I've ever been to in person. And, I mean, I just couldn't be mad that Duke lost. It was just North, North Carolina hit more big shots than Duke did, and that's what it came down to. By the way, before we get into the numbers crunch on the uh, NBA, this is in front of me, so I'm just going to say a current 55. Can you give me a current 55? Do you I, know? Like, you yeah, know? it's in front of me. Is there only one? No, there's like three. There's three that you should know. Okay, Darius Baisley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't. I can't think uh, of the other. Like when you say them, I'll, I'll know them. But the Miami Heat, uh, Duncan it's Robinson. Not, it's not you, Don. Uh, oh, Duncan Robinson. He's fifty-five. Yeah, Duncan like five. Dunk, Duncan Robinson. The Pistons. Isaiah Stewart. Luke Garza. Uh, okay, yeah, that's not a real player. <laughs> <laughs> Does he even play? He, yeah, he had a couple. He had he a, a two-way guy. Or yes, he's, guy? A, he's a two. He's a two-league guy. But yeah, he's still he's still good. Here, here's a real fun one. Ready? Yeah. Both the guys are going to groan when I say it. Joe Johnson. Ah, uh, Joe Johnson. Are you serious? Yep. Do you still yeah. count him as like a current player? Yeah, he would have got yes. a ring. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's got to be a, a story behind why Darius Baisley is switching to 55. Like, it, you don't just become 55. Oh, there's, there's got to be a story behind why why he's going 55. And Scotty Hobson. So. Scotty Hobson. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he play for? Who he play for? Who he play for? Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Scotty Hobson, obviously not a guy that you think is a building block no. on the Oklahoma City Thunder. No. Uh, like I talked with Joe Masato last hour, uh, three guys in particular that we're paying attention to, and two I am, and then one I forget. Uh, one, obviously, Lou Dort. Uh, is it Wednesday? Wednesday is the day. I think so. Yeah. Where all yeah. this junk starts to go. Yeah. 
Okay, so Wednesday, uh, it might be a situation where he's into restricted free agency. Then we're going to start talking about Isaiah Roby. There's another guy. And then Mike Muscala, which I think all three of us are consensus, whatever it takes to keep him. One, Mike will take whatever deal to stay in Oklahoma City because he likes Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City likes Mike around. So, honestly, the focus is on Roby and Lou Dort or either one of them. Uh, Is it going to get interesting or do you think this is just going to be a just run of a mail? We're signing Lou. We're going to take whatever we need to and sign him in the future. And again, with Roby. Go ahead, Brendan. Well, I think with Lou Dort, if he was going to be traded, it would have been during the draft because his value was so high. And they could have you know crept up and, and got a higher pick if they would have traded Lou Dort. So if they didn't, then I can't imagine it happening. Now, maybe it becomes a different conversation at the trade line. Uh, you know, maybe he, he – it depends also on contract negotiations, how much it – he his camp wants how much the thunder are willing to to spend because they want an open cap sheet as much as they can because when they start contending you know 2023 one year from now Kimball Walker comes off the books Derek Favors comes off the books Kyle Singler finally comes off the books Austin Rivers uh yeah yeah that's right so when that happens they're going to have this clean cap sheet and they can go out and trade for a disgruntled star sign free agents and start contending with this young core and it just depends you know on on how much Lou Dort is going to ask for look Lou Dort I think is a great player he's a young player he fits exactly what the culture of OKC is all about he's a fan favorite I think the Thunder want to keep him and I think that he's probably in their long-term plans because he wasn't traded at the draft so I would expect to see Lou Dort stick around in OKC. That's what both sides want, I believe. And Isaiah Roby, he's he's a mystery to me because he didn't play much until the Thunder, you know, started shutting guys down. But when he plays, like he shot forty four percent from three last year. He was actually the Thunder's best three point shooter. And his numbers, his efficiency across the board when he plays. Now it's it's kind of wonky to, to look at it because there are so many different lineups and, and some of the, the top guys weren't playing. His usage rate kind of spiked. But he looks like a real NBA player. I I think he's too good to just outright cut or wave. I think he has some value. Maybe you can, you know, sign him and, you know, later down the road trade him. But I think he's better than some of the guys at the end of the roster. So I would expect him to stick around for now. I think that Roby is gone. I'm very high on Roby. Um, I thought he was going to be the Thunder's third best player last year, uh, but if he, he just didn't play. So I think the writing's on the wall. I think they're going to try to trade him, and then if they can't trade him, I think they're going to. I mean, they're going to have to wave him. I hope they do him the justice of waving him so he can go find another home. I would love him with the Lakers. I think he'd be a great piece. Um, Hope he's listening to this. <laughs> or <his agent. laughs> um, and then Dort, I hope, becomes an unrestricted free agent next year. I want him to get the most money he can. I want him to get a at least $15 million a year. He's not going to come in. That, that's the one thing I think that Thunder won't do. Like if, if you look at their history... Like they're but either going you, to make him a restricted free agency so they can yeah sorry so yeah, they can that's match what, that's what sorry that's what I meant restricted so. okay gotcha yeah, gotcha yeah. gotcha yeah that way they can either match yeah. they they have the possibility like you know they there's different options there that one thing I know that Sam Presti won't do I think option number one is to keep him but if they don't keep him they're going to trade him they're going to get value back for him he is way too valuable to just let him walk for nothing. I think if he goes to a different team, okay, how about this? I've said this a lot, and, and I've said this to you guys a bunch, right? I think if he goes to a different team, he'll start getting those accolades that 
we all think he should get. Yes, even I think he can be on a second team. And if he things first team, hi, I'm almost there. Second team, and if things break right, he could be first team all defensive guy. He doesn't get jack because this team stinks, Correct. and nobody pays attention for and, now. Uh, but for now. If this team doesn't get something going, and if he's not a reason it gets going, he's still going to miss out on the accolades. You follow what I'm saying? Well, so maybe in maybe in his best interest, not a team's, his best interest, it would be to move on to somewhere else, unless the Thunder show commitment, which they haven't so far. Unless the Thunder show commitment to him. We talk about Shea all the time. We talk about Ch- we're going to be talking about Chet a ton. Obviously, they love Josh Giddy. You see what I'm saying? He's starting to move further and further down and trust me as a kid who used to be my mom's favorite kid who's dropped down quite a bit like you start to feel like maybe this organization isn't as interested in me and that's where i'm kind of getting into this is ludor is a lunch pail guy like all you know i've I've asked him questions right and where he just tries to know you know we didn't win we want to win blah 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 at some point man you want to be recognized and he keeps falling down the chart and he like you are 100% about that because I'm looking at the all-defensive list. He didn't get one single vote. Yep. Herb Jones, <laughs> Io DeSumo, that was two rookies. Devin Booker got votes. <laughs> and, and That was ridiculous, and though. Luke, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Gary but, Pay- yeah, Gary but the Payton, Suns were the best team in the, in the NBA. Right. Gary Payton II got <laughs> votes. Chris Paul. Got votes. Well, because he deserves <laughs> votes. All this tells me is some of these people should not be voting. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying, like, all those guys, like, Herb Jones wasn't on a, a quote-unquote winning team, but that team did come on late, uh, late yeah. in, the, in the season. But all the other guys are on winning teams, yeah, and that's what it takes. And before you say what you're going to say, Brandon, this will get into the cautionary tale that I'm talking about, okay? The Pistons were set up in the mid-'90s. The Pistons were set up. They had Grant Hill, and they got this kid out of Tennessee named uh, Allen Houston. Great Top five favorite player. So they were ready to roll, right? A one-two punch of Allen Houston and Grant Hill. Well, the rookie contract expired on Allen Houston. Trey didn't think anything about it. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. Knicks put him on a plane, take him to New York, right? I think they took him to Sabaros. Hell, I don't know. Next thing I know, he signs with the damn Knicks. And part of it was, remember, he played for his dad in college. And he said, I just... I felt like I was being recruited. I just wanted to be wanted. And so, Allen Houston could give two dams less about the future of the Detroit Pistons in the mid-90s and playing with a great player like Grant Hill and blah, 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 all that stuff, right? He just wanted to be wanted. So whenever I say this, I'm talking about this out of experience that I've seen with a young player that would love to have accolades. Well, first of all, two years ago, Ludor did get votes for for defensive player of the year, uh, all defensive team. Last year, you know, he was hurt a lot. He did miss a lot of time. Uh, he missed the last half of the season, basically. Um, so I think that that played a major part of it. I do think that Ludor gets a lot of respect nationally as a defender, and I do think that the Thunder has shown value to him. You know, he he was undrafted. They they signed him, and midway through his rookie season. He was given a starting spot, and they've started him ever since. You know, from the outside, you know, other people talk about SGA and Josh Giddey and Chet Holmgren, and they talk about Ludor possibly being traded. But from the Thunder's end, like, we haven't seen any of that at all. All we've seen is they, they took a chance on this undrafted guy, gave him a big role, gave him a starting role, and they love him, and they didn't trade him. 
And look, winning cures all ills. Like, you know, if the Thunder are winning, he's going to get all defensive team votes. First team, second team, whatever it may be. And that's the plan. Maybe not last year or the year before. And maybe not this year. But going forward, that is the plan. And, and once they start winning, if Lou Dort is here and he's still starting and he's still making a big impact, like a Marcus Smart type impact on a winning team, he's going to get all that respect. I think he wants to get paid now. Because <laughs> he, he was, he's going to get not, paid whether it's from the Thunder or somebody else. That would help. I'm, that would help. I'm, I'm not trying to joke about it, but I think he wants to get paid what a top wing defender gets paid. Like I don't think he wants the Thunder. Like, yeah, we can offer you this much, but we're only going to give you ten million a year. He's worth more than ten million a year, and I think he knows that. I, ho- I mean, I hope he knows that, and I hope his agent knows that, and I hope they let the Thunder know that. He needs to get paid this money, or he wants to go because he—he's there's somebody that will pay Lou Dort at least fifteen million dollars a year. Yeah, and and I think you know, again, I think it just all comes down to what his camp wants, what the Thunder want, and what they you know they they don't want to limit themselves or put a cap on themselves as far as money goes going forward because they want a clean cap sheet. But I think that you know if it's fifteen million a year, I think that the Thunder pay that. Go get your money, Lou. This sounds we. I've had this conversation before in a different world. I believe the brother's name was Andre Robertson. Like I, I, This is very similar, except for obviously Robertson wasn't the offensive threat that Lou is, but it's talking about his position on the Thunder, and is he going to get paid, is he not? And we saw all that all that worked out. So I know it's a different... He deserved his contract, too. I know it's he a, just got hurt. It's a different yeah, situation. By the way, when he got hurt, I believe that the starting five for the Oklahoma State Thunder... Um, I'm going to go nerd on this, had like the top winning percentage, that five. Yeah. Uh, they were the best starting five in the NBA. People forget that, Thunder. Yeah, that, that was the first OK3, Paul, yep, Paul yep. George, Carmelo, Anthony, when Andre Robertson was, they had won like something like 12 games in a row, and when the starting five were all healthy, they'd won like 17 in a row. Or something like they had like the best defensive rating when Andre Robertson yep. was on the court. That was had the looks of a really, really good team. And then Andre Robertson gets hurt. It all fell apart. Billy Donovan equated it to losing a 20-point score, and everybody kind of laughed that off. And then we saw. Yeah. We yeah, saw I mean, because well, when he was on the court, they had the best defense in the entire league. When he was off the court, they had the worst defense in the entire league. That's a literal <laughs> literal stat. He it's was, crazy. He was a top three wing defender. Like, that's, he was really, really good. All right, so Goldfish came in. Goldfish is going to run what's on our programming next. That's going to be a classic OU game. OU versus Ohio State when Baker was still the quarterback. I think we know how that all ended. And uh, first of all, uh, don't try to... Uh, plant a flag in artificial grass, and if you know me, I'm not the biggest fan of artificial grass to begin with. So, goldfish is a top tier radio name, by the way. <laughs> it is, and I heard he doesn't top like it. Tier. Whoa! How yeah. did it, oh? How did yeah. it, how did he get the name then? Because his last name is Goofy, and we can't pronounce it or say it right. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> so he'll be there. Uh, and then tonight, remember, uh, game one of the uh, World Series, game one of the Men's College World Series uh, Championship Series, Oklahoma and Old Miss. And if there's anything I know about Old Miss. I'm kidding. I know Jack about Old Miss. I, and I was there. I was, I was there last weekend. Uh, I don't know. It's it's Mississippi. So there you go. It just means more. So, but that does remind me because Goldfish is back there that we do have basic listeners, and so I need to ask basic questions before we get out of here. Okay. okay. First basic question: What are the chances? Follow me. This is for listeners like Goldfish who you know kind of like sports. Uh, what are the chances? that the Oklahoma City Thunder can sign a disgruntled Kevin Durant. Oh, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, it, it, 
There's so many implications. There's a lot to unfold there, Jerry. Uh, obviously, once you get past like you know the history and stuff like that, like the Thunder rebuilding the timeline, what what would they have to give up? And then you like shorten your window. Like Kevin Durant is like older. He would now. I will say this. This is all I'll say. I don't think it's going to happen. Doesn't really make sense. But KD, SGA, Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, <laughs> Lou Dort. That would be an incredible lineup. I mean, that it, it would be. A contending lineup, I think, uh, from day one, uh, given that Chet reaches what we think Chet is going to reach. Trick question. Chances are zero because they can't sign him. You got he's, he's he's not a free agent, and that's the thing you got to trade. You got to give tra- up a lot yeah, of stuff. Tra- yeah. Yeah. Trade for him. So, so that lineup's probably not going to so happen. You have you to did. give up I some see of what those you things. Did there, Jerry. It's a trick question because the answer is zero. I feel like what is it, like you're Marissa Tomei and uh, my cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say. Uh, I, I don't agree but, with Nick Wright a lot, but he, that is the one way he could save his legacy is if he came to OKC and helped them win a title. That would out. change everything for Katie as far as people how people view him. Hear me out. They trade probably it, it'd probably have to be SGA because he's the money guy. So they trade SGA for um, for Katie, and then they trade Giddy. For Russell Westbrook, <laughs> so you have Chet, KD, no. and Not, Russ. No, no, both of those me, are so unrealistic. You're saying that's unrealistic? Yep. The whole the, the whole question is: Can KD come back to Oklahoma City? We're kind of dealing in the uh, upside down. Would you not want that? No, no. I mean, I, I look. I, I will forever be a Russell Westbrook stand, but given. This point in his career and Josh Giddy's point in his career, the Lakers would have to give up assets to trade Russell Westbrook to the Thunder. That's it. They're not going to give up. They're not giving up Josh Giddy. There's zero, zero, negative 100% chance. What if KD says, yeah, I want to come back, but I want to come back with Russ? I mean, they can find other ways other than giving up Josh Giddy. The Lakers still going to have to give up an asset. Josh Giddy and Russ doesn't work. Say what? Josh Giddy and Russ doesn't work. Russell and LeBron James doesn't work. No, Russ. <laughs> it, it well, Russ work. and LeBron James work. Russ just doesn't hit shots. That's the problem. <laughs> like, the fit is there, and he makes LeBron's job a lot easier. And I think that... Russell the, Westbrook I think right it's now, lazy that it... I think uh-huh. it's lazy that people say they don't oh, fit. No. It's just, just LeBron. It's just Russ. Wasn't hit, if Russ was hitting shooting fifty percent, I just it, irritated his Lakers scratch. Yes, I'm did, so sorry. No, I'm so sorry. The problem was Anthony Davis only played a third of the season. Yeah, that was LeBron the played two thirds of the season, and, and they all their no other effort. players besides those three were role players, young players, old players. Uh, that was the issue. Look, there's no chance. Plus. There's no world where Speaking OKC trades SGA for KD either. I, there's, you, you wouldn't trade SGA if, for if, KD? No, you I'm saying if, four years of KD if, left. You do not take on KD unless you think you can build a contender. The only way you're going to build a contender Bring is KD Russ. plus SGA. Bring in Russ. We've seen KD, with, we've seen KD without a superstar. You're not, you're not going to win anything. You've got to have KD and SGA. Yeah, I, I disagree. By the way, we are three. Katie of the, and Russ. We are three of the smartest people that are going to talk about that. So when you're on the free application of Twitter and you see the stuff floating around, just know this is here for you. Okay, we are here for <laughs> Those you. Those last few minutes didn't sound very smart to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Kate, 
Josh Giddy for okay, just make it fair. You're a Lakers no, no, fan no, trying to get okay, Josh Giddy for Russell Westbrook. What's happening? This is ridiculous. Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, and Kenrich Williams for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Do you hear Brandon kick the? <laughs> no, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much. Brandon, thank you so yeah, much. Absolutely. I am TV's Jerry. This has been the Thunders. Who knows it? Siders, uh, whatever siders. Uh, we will be back next week. Stick around right now. Okay, and then remember tonight the men's college. World Series Championship, all that stuff right here on 1077 The Franchise.